0: He's a white man. They just hand us stuff.
1: Comic books is like one of the nerdiest things I can think of, and I love comic books. Jizz man. Biggest balls. Big big blue dick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. White stuff came out of me, and I didn't know why. Let's get the fucking energy.
1: Yeah, I've got it. I've got tons of it. I'm ready. Woo! probably a little too close to the mic for that it <laughs> was uh, that hurt my ears Woo! <laughs> i'll do it over there and <laughs> cut the first one out so we don't deafen everybody yeah that was unfortunate <clears throat> <clears throat> all right well welcome to the program welcome to the uh welcome to the show Holy shit. program yeah i fucked it up <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our program people time people time Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where we go over uh, some of the most influential people in history, and we break it down for you guys, so that way you can uh, yep. enjoy it. Without... Some,
0: some less influential, and more just uh, t- maybe interesting, right? Or they have a, or they have a funny name.
1: Well, that reminds me. Um, what is your? Uh, we're, we're welcoming everyone to the podcast Hello. with your hosts, Dirt McGurk. Dirt McGurk, and I am Toby, Toby or not to be, Toby or not to be. Toby or not Toby?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I've got a whole bunch of them too. <laughs> of names? Yeah. Don't use them all now. Yeah. You gotta save them up. I'm gonna. So this week I'm Dirt McGirt. Next week I'm gonna be Mike Jones.
1: Mike Jones? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I shouldn't have said it. I... I'm gonna be Juan Love. Juan. <laughs> so stupid. Is that is that the Mexican reggae star? Yeah. Juan Love. It's good. <laughs> Well, do you have any Oh uh this episode has a concept.
1: Yeah. Tell it. You tell them.
0: All right. <laughs> Thank you for the platform. Uh usually we just spend uh, an hour or two on a person. Yeah. Some days we're like let's do let's not. Let's do two people. Yeah. And we'll call it a two for one.
1: So it's going to be slightly shorter we're going to do per people. person. Yeah. Right. Per person. But it's, so it's interesting people but, uh, we've broken it down a little bit more, so that way it's not quite yeah. an hour long, and we'll We'll give you two people for the price of one
0: exactly, yeah. uh, the price stays the same. you mm-hmm. get two people. It's a concept that we actually innovated, yeah um, It's like if you were to go to the store and pay for an orange, but and you... then put another orange in your pants <laughs> and, li-
1: and then leave. yeah, so and that, we're okay with that. I'm fine with that. If it was my store and my oranges. This mm. is what you're getting is a 2 for 1. As long as everybody didn't did it doesn't
0: doesn't do that. Why? Like everybody who listens to our podcast, half of them needs to not click on this because then we're out. We're losing an orange or something. I don't really know what. I don't know. I didn't go to college for economics. Toby, but <laughs> something like that. Oh, yeah. Shit, I already forgot your name. I feel bad. Uh it's ODB. ODB. Mhm. Dirt Dirt McGirt. Dirt McGirt. Yeah.
1: Dirt. Um Dirt so who are you presenting? Uh, I'm going to be presenting uh, the great uh, superhero Stan Lee. The he's a superhero. Yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah. nice to he's say he's a super guy. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Lee, I'm going to be doing tila Tequila Tequila. <laughs>
1: Someone of equal and we cultural just lost importance. Most of listeners at that point, they're like, I'm not going to listen to Stan Lee. I don't know when this Tequila. I don't know when this is going to come in, so I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> Well, everyone's just going to skip forward to the Tequila Tequila part. Tune out. <laughs> Never listen to this podcast
0: again, and I'm a part of it. I don't know if she's alive or not, actually. She might be dead
1: somewhere. Are you sure? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound awful, but...
0: The, the, the only thing we know is that her last tweet was from a gutter, and nobody went to check on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we know about Tequila Tequila.
1: I'm okay with this amount of information, and... Then... That's where. that's as much as I know about that.
0: Well, she's an innovator of publishing. So it makes sense that you do Stanley and I do Tila Tequila. That's, Who, her, that's her legal name, too. So uh, before we get on to our. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, we wanted to shout out some uh, lads from across the pond. Yeah, we met them in a, in a pub, a pu- uh, an internet pub. Yes uh ryan and barry at, over at a, um, knackers in the breeze oh yeah that's a podcast from england who do like a question and answer yeah would you rather yeah kind of format and it's fun because it's like it's like listener interactive you can send in your own questions and they answer them and they dick off and
1: yeah it's hilarious they well, you just ask them a question would you rather blank or blank and they will answer any question
0: in a uh, humorous British humor.
1: It is. is funny. It, it, honestly, when I first kind of heard about it, I was kind of like, that's a weird, interesting concept. But then when I listened to how they go about it, fucking hilarious. It fucking works. Yeah. It totally does because it gets the brain juices going. Yeah. You're like, well, what would I do? And it's Knackers in the Breeze. It's, it's Knackers. That's... Uh, knackers, yeah. If you like our dick jokes, you'll like theirs. Yeah, it's in the title. So theirs. Yeah. Oh, shit. We fucked up. We yeah. should have had ours. We have a lot of dick jokes. We... Yeah,
0: we could have been knackers in the people time.
1: Yeah, knackers in history and the people they're
0: attached to. I don't think we're supposed to say knackers, though. It feels like a specifically British
1: <laughs> word. Like It's like the N-word, like, that's our word. <laughs> You're not supposed to say it. Yeah. yeah, well, you should go check them out. They're a great podcast, Knackers in the Breeze. You can find them on Facebook, and many platforms are on Spotify and Wherever. YouTube. Yeah. Oh.
0: They're some fun lads and uh they, they have a similar sense that we have. Well, um you know, yeah. Cross cross pro, cross promotion friends. Yeah. Yeah. We like them. They seem fun.
1: <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's go ahead, let's get into it. Stan Lee. Stan Welcome to People Time. Welcome. Stanley. Program. Program. So Stanley, uh most people obviously know who he is. He is a modern day you know, he's he's modern. He's not some of those we've done a couple people that's been a hundred years in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Like, you know, back. Stanley, obviously most people know who he is, as the uh, one of the creators of Marvel Comics. Is he the creator? That actually goes into a little bit into the story. Um, he created with um, a few other people, um, mm. and there's a little bit of controversy, and we'll get a little bit into that. Sweet. Yeah. But Stanley was born... I'm going to um, look at pictures of Stripperella while you go ahead. That sounds like a good plan. Can you show me too while I'm talking? Mm-hmm. Thanks. All right, so Stanley's... A, Guess what? Like almost everybody else we do, it's not his real name. Of course it's fucking not. That's always the case. Yeah. Stanley Martin Lieber. Lieber. So his first name's Stanley, and then Lieber. I'm not sure if he just broke off. It was just a pen name that he came up with. His name is Stanley Martin Lieber. Yeah, that's his actual name. And then he actually legally changes it later gets
0: Stanley cuts the Martin right the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like they name me after my uncle Martin. Never liked that prick. Mm. Out. Now it's just Stan. That's a, I. I don't know. I get changing your name, but eh,
1: not legally. Mm. Fuck it. Just go and by whatever. You easier wanted. when you like, like do the checks when people spell, like Stanley right,
0: <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs>
1: God damn it, I have to go. I'm not actually okay. I'm I'm changing my name legally, I'm but. Not the bank's going to cash it because it's going to have,
0: like, a watermark in the background of some superhero bullshit. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's Stanley. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Who else has that stupid check?
1: <laughs> yeah. So Stanley was born December twenty eighth, 1922. So just after Christmas. That's nice. Oh. He's,
0: yeah. a, he's a gift to the world. He was. Thanks, Jesus.
1: <laughs> and he was born in New York. Um, I think he was... In it was New York, New York, but I think he lived in Manhattan for a little while. Mm. He eventually does move around New York like quite a bit throughout his younger childhood. Not like a lot, but he moves multiple times at sure. least. And um, he eventually ends up with moving into the Bronx in his, when he's a teenager. Okay. He's got... Um, so he's
0: all over the five boroughs.
1: Yeah, he starts in Manhattan and he slowly just moves up north, really. So he's Manhattan, then he moves up north to I think like East Side or something, and then he moves up further to the Bronx.
0: Aren't like most uh, superheroes based in some metropolis, metropolis kind of
1: uh, New York City, New York style? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think almost like, he actually uses New York as the city, unlike oh, DC, where yeah. like Superman uses you know what Metropolis. That's the well, name of the city in DC. But is it, a, but is it also a word? Just, it's a word, yeah. Okay. A, a metropolis. <laughs> Urban
0: center. Yeah. The, the dogs are part of the show. Yeah. There are unwanted co-hosts. Well,
1: unwelcomed part of the show. Hey, they're, nonetheless.
0: they're cute and all, and I'm sure what's going on in their brain is, them. would be great to put on the show, but they don't articulate well. I'm not sure
1: what's wrong with their species. Like I yell at my dog, like use your <laughs> words. Well, I don't. My biggest annoyance with them really is that. One hundred percent of the time, they think the door is for them, and it is for them zero percent of the time. So it's gotten old explaining to them that it's not for you. It's never. It's
0: never been for you. Not once. Every time they go, oh, what?
1: What did I order on Amazon?
0: (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) What was it? No, you didn't. Nothing. You never have. (laughs) You, you don't even know how to use the internet. Yeah, I do. Probably (laughs) would if you'd give me a phone. (laughs) That's the mailman. Fuck you! Fuck you, mailman! I see you! <laughs> I love how my, like, your dogs and my dog, like, love people, but yeah. they act so aggressively when you're on the other side of the door. Oh, yeah. Like, I will kill you, and then you walk in and they go, Hello, I love you, hello! <laughs> yeah, hello. Got some pets? Gosh, you're on the right side of the friend door.
1: <laughs> hello. If you would have just stayed on the other side, I would have just barked at you the whole time. Until... I would have killed you. <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah. This is quite a weird aside. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so anyways, yeah, so he moves up into the Bronx. He lives in a, he's raised in kind of a Jewish family. I didn't do a whole lot of background because this is a shorter one with his family, but he does have a younger brother. They're kind of a little bit separated by, um, age. Hmm. So, like, he's, you know, 14, 15 when his little brother kind of, you know, he's kind of got like a, maybe not quite that much, but he's got kind of a big gap. And when he was younger, he really liked to read books. Um Nerd. Yeah, like so he was really big into Mark Twain, Sir Arthur, uh, Conan Doyle, Jules Verne, H. G. Wells. Like he couldn't stop reading. Yeah. And so much so that his little brother, when he got older, his mom used to like give his little brother shit and being like, Hey, why don't you more like why you more like Stan? Can't you just read a book for every <laughs> once in a while? Like, why are you always going out and playing? And the kid's like seven and he's like, I just wanna what are you talking about? Like, I'm gonna go play tag with my friends. That's that's weird. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say to a kid. Yeah, but Stan Lee, was, that's what he was all about when he was younger. He was really into reading and going to the movies. He used to love going to the movies all the time. I mean, that's cute. I mean, I'm sure
0: the mom prefers that because he's not going to get in trouble, but nerd. Yeah. Because his brother definitely got laid more. <laughs> he Probably. Well. Up until. Yeah. Yeah. He became the Stan Lee.
1: Yeah. Well, so he... uh uh, as they were living in the Bronx, this is just to kind of give you a standpoint of where Stanley really started out. His parents had, like, a one-room apartment, and Stan and his brother shared the room while his parents slept on, like, the pull-out couch kind of a thing in the living room. Fuck. So, like, it was, like, a really small apartment, you know, humble beginnings, all that kind of stuff. That is... that that honestly, that might be common for that era and, and place. Yeah, it might be.
0: Yeah. Thank God we're from cow people out here in the vast west where... That doesn't happen. We all have gigantic houses over yeah.
1: here. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I got too many rooms. I do too. is I,
0: I Isn't don't that know nice? what I'm planning head for. I know I'm
1: not going to have kids. I don't know.
0: I don't, I'm just going to fill it with shit I don't need.
1: Ah, that's what I do. Yeah, nice. and
0: dog beds that my dog won't use. <laughs> I have like four.
1: Yeah. I would say I'd give it to all my dogs except for they basically own the living room. So Yeah, your dogs do own the living room. <laughs> that's their room. That's their fucking got space. a huge room with a bunch of <laughs> furniture. It's all furnished for them. Yep. Yeah. So before he started writing comics, Stanley joined joined um, kind of a local newspaper when he was in high school, and he wrote obituaries for celebrities. So when a celebrity Ooh. died, he was doing that. And, yeah, exactly that, because he quit saying it was way too depressing. Yeah, that's morose. So he left that job. I don't know how long he was there for, but it wasn't very long. Probably just some extra cash while he was in school. But this is what gave him the ability to start working for a comic book company called Timely Comics. Now, what's Timely about it? I have, I have <laughs> no idea. Oh. Uh, timely Comics, I, I don't think, really stu- stood around very long. It got changed and, I think, bought out. So I'm not totally sure on everything on Timely. But mm. this is where Stan Lee, he starts out as an office boy, um, which really just means he was kind of the office bitch. He would run around and grab food for people, clean up their stations, make sure their stuff was re—you know, their their ink well. You got to start at the bottom. Yeah, The cool thing about this, and, uh, you know, it's lucky for everybody. It's lucky for Stan Lee in this standpoint. Lucky for us because he was very creative. But he was lucky because a week in there, there was essentially some kind of dispute. And I think people were leaving the company. And because he was there only for a week, um, but he had done... Some proofreading apparently impressed some of the guys at the top. They're like, Stan, you want to write something? We just lost our guy. After a week? Yeah. One weekend. He made a bitchin' cup of coffee, I bet. Dude. Because that was enough to them to be like, come in the office here. Yeah. Wow. So they gave him like a short thing to do, but like, you know, everybody else had to kind of work their way up the, you know, Um, the ladder, whereas he kind of came in. He's a white man. They just (laughs) hand us stuff. Like, oh, you're out of high school and you're a dude? Here, write this two-page column right now on comics. You, so You got it, chap. <laughs> he must have been good. I mean, obviously, we find out that that's the case because he kind of changed the whole entire industry. But before we get into that, this is essentially where he started. And he kind of lucked out, but it turned out to be kind of good for everybody. Now, um, as he's working in Timely Comics, he... Uh, uh, oh, by the way, this is about 1941. Mm. So this is something I found out when I was doing the research. I thought Stanley created Captain America. He did not. Oh. Yeah. So Captain America already existed. He already it was already created by uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. And this is important because Jack Kirby and Stanley end up working very closely together um, for quite a while after this. But yeah, so Jack Kirby is the guy who created Captain America. And Stanley came in shortly after he was created and kind of started writing comics for Captain America. Ah, so that's kind of where so he just sort of
0: uh, did a better job with the character, or he just hopped on. He's like,
1: he hopped on. Slap. Let's put my name on there. Yeah, he. I mean, because he's still really young. He's in his early twenties. Um, oh, okay. And so he just he's getting a, a nice little gig to be able to write comics, you know, for this. And at the time, I mean, comics at the time. It was it was considered like kind of a kid thing. It's not like today where we have Comic Con, you know, multiple times a year from different cities, and mm-hmm. everyone is buying them up, and they're worth all this money, you know, some of them, anyways. Um, back then, they were. It really was kind of like a kid's thing. Where Stan Lee later in life even talks about how if he went to gatherings with a lot of people, and they asked him like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" He would try to avoid the question. Like you know, before he, Marvel really got to the point of taking off and being what it is where it's like making movies and stuff obviously and cartoons. But yeah, people would come up and be like, What do you do? And he'd be like, Oh, I'm a I'm a writer and then you try to like walk away and then if they followed him and were like, Oh, that's awesome, what do you write? And he's like, Oh, you know, just stuff for it's like youth teen, you know, fiction, and they'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting, well, what kind of stuff for you, teen? And he'd keep trying to walk away, I'm like, you know, just stuff for magazines, and eventually he'd come out, and he'd be like, I write comic books, (laughs) and the person who was asking me all of a sudden just stopped, like, oh, and then just walk away from him. Oh, so you're one of those fucking people. Yeah. So Stan didn't like, at the time, he didn't really like telling people, because it's kind of a kid's thing.
0: Uh, There's
1: money in it, it's publishing,
0: why does everybody gotta be a dick?
1: Well, at the time, there probably wasn't a whole lot of money when he was starting out, but there was some you know you had artists and writers that were making okay you could yeah you could do it on the side you might be able to make a living off but it all they saw again. was
0: oh he's making that well, that archie money yeah bored yeah even though veronica you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying
1: stanley knows what i'm saying <laughs> i've never read archie you never read archie although i hear i hear they turn him into like a superhero which is strange like because he didn't start out as like a Almost like a family. What's that family one called? Uh, family, family Circus. It you know, almost is like kind of like more goofy, funny, and then they like somewhat more recently turned it into like a superhero. Um, he died. Yeah,
0: that's the idea. And then I think, yeah, they, they reinvented him in some way. Yeah, which weird bummer. I
1: don't know, I haven't read any. It's of supposed
0: the... to just be happy days indefinitely, and that's supposed to warm all of our hearts because the rest of the world is uh, the horrible. Worst? Yeah, just terrible and falling apart, just desiccating from the core. Yeah. It's all very good stuff. Archie, on the other hand, hot dog, he's still doing great. Well, no, he's dead now, but he's supposed to... It, whatever.
1: Oh. I'm going to stop questioning things. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so but back going back to the time frame of when he was writing for Captain America... Um, 1942, so a year afterwards of kind of hopping on with uh, Captain America, he actually joins the United States Army mm. and serves stateside in the Signal Corps. He continues this, um, creative streak, though, while he's in the Army, so much so that the military classifies him. His actual position is playwright. What? I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't that's even know like, if you could get that. That's like, uh, not a rank, but like a job? I guess. Yeah, like a, hmm. yeah, that's his classification. What? Does a playwright provide to the military? So he actually does a whole bunch of stuff. He like creates logos and oh. he writes a bunch of stuff that's like I don't know. If, I don't think it's propaganda. So he's a propagandist. <laughs> I don't know if that's, that's what, what you're it was to say. But he also works with like I guess a whole bunch of other people that would later become famous as well. Like they ended up going like because they would write and do the same stuff. Yeah. And some of them like wrote plays. Something Did he? he? Is he responsible for those posters? They're like, <laughs> the only, come join Uncle yeah, Sam. The, the you guy, you join us. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Because that's, that's just propaganda. But I mean, like 1942, I mean, this is World War II. So whatever he was doing, this is like, US just entered the war. And it's America. So we fucked did...
0: it. USA! USA! <laughs> U.S.
1: Let's make it great again. Let's go back to those days. That was good, right? God, it was so much better. When we were all just killing people, you know, killing each other. Yeah, I mean,
0: you could hang people for being a different skin color. Could women even vote? They could not. Let's go back to that day. I don't remember when suffrage is. I don't know what people want. People want to make America great again. Whatever. Here's here's the thing. Women don't need to be able to vote because (laughs) their husbands can. Yeah. So their husbands represent them. Yeah. So what is the fucking complaint? Yeah. Things just made sense back then. (laughs) Everybody was in their place, you know? I, my wife was in the kitchen where she needs to be. My mistress was it, Which my secretary. Which is actually secretary.
1: funny. Back in the ni- 1942, actually, your wife was now working in the factory.
0: Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out dying. <laughs> yeah. And, she, and she's running the country.
1: Yeah. Still, and playing baseball.
0: She still doesn't need a fucking vote. League of Ireland? Anybody that's a great there? movie. It's good, huh? Yeah. You know, uh, what's that stupid meme that I saw online, how some actors are always doing the same thing in the movies? Like uh, Brad Pitt, you'll see, is always eating. A lot yeah. Of his Tom Hanks pisses. Oh my God, you're right in most wow. of his movies, and that's one of the one of the funner scenes in *Leave Our Own* is where he takes that like <laughs> five minute piss drunk yeah. in front of
1: all those ladies. What a great fucking movie! I like when he hits the kid with the mitt. <laughs> yeah, can't <I gotta laughs> kid. And he just throws it at him. <laughs> I got him. Yeah, he's like <laughs> just smacking him in the head with it. He just. Hey, uh, thanks for listening, People Time. We're gonna <laughs> take a quick pause. Uh, and just go watch Leave Our Own. Uh, I haven't seen the nature. I'm gonna go check it out. Good yeah. Movie. So he goes and joins the army. Um, luckily, uh, he doesn't have to ever go into any action or anything like that. He does the playwright stuff. Um, after finishing his stint with the army, Lee joins back with the company, and this is now in the '50s. Um, but at this time now, the the comic company is now known as Atlas Comics. Ooh. Yeah. And so at this time, he starts experimenting with um, various genres of writing. So he does, like, kind of romantic and sci-fi and horror and, and uh, humorous stories. Um, so he hasn't really gotten that far into his own comic book hero characters. He did Captain America, joined the army, comes mm-hmm. back, and now he's kind of writing just different things. And at this time frame, actually, this becomes very big for comic books, um, for other writers. is They kind of just wrote everything. There wasn't really any limit, and artists would purposely try to go as grotesque and stuff to kind of capture kids' you know, attention, hmm. so when kids would go to the store, hopefully theirs popped out and they're like, oh, it's a gruesome monster, or it's... I can attest to that, yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, yeah. You want the biggest-looking monster and the chick with the biggest
0: tits. Yeah. It's always about big and... You know. Biggest biggest balls. Well, you want the the protagonist to have the biggest chest. It's yeah. Not, it's not because I'm attracted to him. I am. At Well... You know, I like big. And then the woman who hangs on him, she can't vote to have the biggest tits, and then the monster to be the scariest. That was the best one. Yes, best one.
1: Yeah. The problem was is that this actually causes an issue with issue, no pun intended. (laughs) This causes problems because there's um, a a fairly large group of people who are trying to basically take away freedom of speech. (laughs) They're trying to stop comic books. That are directed at children, obviously, uh, obviously, to be so. Puritans. Bad, I guess is what they think. McCarthyism. You know, they think it's too violent or it's too. Whatever. And apparently, there was one guy who was very. He was a psychiatrist who was against everything that kids did. He thought everything was ruining kids. Like, so much so that's like, (laughs) if you chewed bubble gum, he's like, that's what's ruining the youth today. Bubble gum. But he would name everything that kids did. Their jaws are weak. Yeah. They can't function properly. Yeah. That guy, that's... He's basically chewing pure
0: sin. Who was that? I don't remember don't the understand. guy's name. That's an interesting yeah. concept, though. Yeah. I love that, like, early 20th century psychology where they were literally just throwing shit of the wall. Yeah. Just, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Spank them a lot more. Don't spank them at all. And then let's see blame what happens. Blame TV. <laughs> you know, blame everything else. It's definitely not your lack of general parenting. Parenting skills, yeah. Yeah. Hug your kids. Don't hug your kids. Yeah. That's so funny how little we yeah. fucking know about yeah. anything.
1: Pretty much. I feel like we're still kind of in the... <laughs>
0: we're just We're just floating out here, dude. It's all, it's all one big ghetto, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. And so uh, when this happens, there's actually a lot of um, government involvement where they're talking about uh, basically censorship with comic books. That is so funny. I well, I love this because I never would have guessed this for comic books. Like I hear this, like, rock and roll, you yeah. know, sex, drugs, and, and so you've got all that stuff. And then it's like, comic books is, like, one of the nerdiest things I can think of. And I love comic books, by the way. I think every I've got is, a huge shelf full of them. Yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of them right now. Yeah.
0: What, uh, milk cartons full of them. Yeah, which is such a funny... <laughs> like, if you tell somebody I have milk cartons full of comics. It really is, yeah. Yeah. And so, but then you think about censorship of that, and you're like, wow. I mean... It just feels like any new concept, especially ones that are targeted kids, get that kind of conservative pushback. It Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And I mean, at a certain point, I get it. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you don't want your kids staring at because it's like in The Watchmen, there's a big blue dick in the middle of the thing. Yeah. And if you're a parent, you're not flipping through every page.
1: I, I love that. It's such a good, good big blue dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It I is love a the good Watchmen. looking
0: blue dick. Yeah, well, I,
1: I mean, I get it, but you know, just care. like Fuck everything them. else, you kind of end up getting age, you know, things. You have to be twelve, or you have to be sixteen to watch this movie. You have to be eighteen to watch the movie. Right? They have on. that on comics, um, like ratings. I have no idea because I, by the time I started getting into comic books, like for real, I was already adult. So I'd... I, I can't say
0: uh, depictions of nudity is the first in comic books was the first time I saw.
1: Yeah. I can imagine nudity. that they were, if there's nudity, they probably have some sort of like it to be a certain age. I'm still very turned on by cartoons. <laughs> I am not. <sighs> going to be able to make it through the rest of this, or do you need to take a break? Thanks for
0: listening to People Time. We're going to take a <laughs> quick break for me to go jerk off to the what's the the girl animaniac?
1: Dot. Yep. Oh. Hello, nurse. <laughs> Good idea. Bad idea. All right. So, um, while that's all happening, um, there is kind of a whole entire, like a lot of companies do actually kind of start censoring their own Mm. writers saying like, look, it's a little bit dicey right now. Don't write anything that's going to get us in trouble while they get this all figured out. And Stanley gets kind of depressed. He wants to be creative and someone's basically saying you can't be. And he gets kind of bored after writing a bunch of stuff that he's like, this is stupid. There's no action. There's no fighting. There's no anything cool. And he gets upset and tells his um, wife, by the way, he's married. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's married. So he tells his wife that he doesn't want to write anymore um, hmm. for comic books because it's been ruined for him. And she goes, why don't you just go write what you really want to write? And then if they fire you, okay, you were going to leave anyways. And then point. if not, you going to do what you want to do. And he was like, you're a genius. <laughs> like This is why I married you yeah. earlier in the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't mentioned <laughs> until just now. Yeah, shit. <laughs> so he does that, and it actually works out just fine. As a matter of fact, it's such a huge hit. What is the first? So he decides who... he's going to write something that will combat DC's um, Justice League, and the Justice League is uh, like Batman and Superman, Batman, Superman, Aquaman,
0: Aquaman.
1: Yeah, that stupid fucking character. Yeah. I don't I care if you make him Jason Momoa Momo. That changed it for me. I didn't care before, but then once you made him Jason... Yeah, what is his last name? Momoa. 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 I just don't want to sound so uncultured
0: that I don't know. The hey. sexiest
1: man alive. Let's just. Oh, yeah. I'm, you I'm know not, who we're
0: talking about. I'm not saying anything bad about him, but that's not... What Aquaman was. Aquaman was definitely this. You he sucked. He's got. Silly little man. He in was the a ocean. superhero
1: that didn't. He got the worst superheroes.
0: Yeah. I am not powers. a family guy fan. I hate that show for the most part, but that. Part wrong, where but okay. A lady's getting raped on the beach. Oh, my. And Aquaman God. pops up. He's like, hey, hey, you better stop that. Yep. Yeah, hey, bring her out here and I will stop you.
1: And I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is a good yeah, fucking boy. What a
0: stupid superhero.
1: Yeah. It is bad. Yeah. Anyways, so he wants to combat that. And at the time, even most action comic books weren't that action-packed because of what was going on with yeah. all this concern. with Pure And so he decides he's going to write the Fantastic Four. Ooh. And he writes this with Jack Kirby, who is um, an artist. Now, this is where the controversy kind of comes into play, because um, whenever an issue was released, it said, written by Stan Lee... And then it said Jack Kirby did the art, right? So he's the um, cartoonist. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the one who draws them all up and mm-hmm. and what they what they're going to look like in each panel. And what they were doing was writing out. Stanley was the writer and him as the artist. But it turns out that Jack Kirby was probably very much, if not equally, maybe even more so, writing some of these Ooh. characters. Well, this is this is a this is big. I did not. Yeah, Do people know this?
0: That Stanley oh, yeah. hired a guy to help write his comics, had the guy write all the comics, and then murdered him.
1: No, no, Is that what you're t- telling me? Not, I don't think so. Oh, bummer. But there's a there's a there's a thing that kind of comes into play here. So he was writing a lot of of the comic books. Um, Stan Lee was and Jack was doing the art, and they had other artists as well. And they get this huge big team kind of going on, and they did more than the Fantastic Four. They bring in like the Hulk, they bring in Spider Man, and all this stuff. Hmm. But what was the kind of thing that Stan brought to the table? What was known as later as the Marvel Method, and this is how these guys competed with DC and kind of were able to put out more issues. What they would do is they would get just a huge staff of artists. And some of them, most of them were like freelancers that were only going you know, to do so much. And then they'd be gone and they'd get a different freelancer. Yeah. But what they would do is say, okay, you're just going to, I'm going to give you a general idea of what you should be drawing and like what the story is kind of going to loosely be like. You just quickly drop as much as you can of that and leave me room to write the comic, mm. like the words and stuff for the story. And then I'll come through and just do that. And they were able to, like, punch out a ton of comics by doing this. That's odd. That's an
0: odd way to make a story.
1: Yeah. But apparently, like, Stanley was able to do it well enough to be able to say, like... Like, he was able to portray enough of the information for them to be like, this is what... Like, here's the big thing that's going to happen. So keep that in mind while you're... It's like
0: like when you watch uh, Telemundo and just make up the dialogue.
1: Yeah.
0: And every time I do that, nobody gives a shit i would
1: i want to watch that (laughs) (laughs) how did stanley pull that off that's pretty impressive yeah so he he gets basically what he's doing is he's getting you know a dozen artists to do a you know comic book each you know do a an issue each Mm -hmm. and then he just runs by real quick with the ideas and then fills them in and then they're able to launch out a bunch so they're nobody else was doing this at the time and they're now putting out more comics than anybody else and creating a lot of characters this is marvel yeah. And they're just pumping him out. Yeah, he eventually takes over and calls him Marvel. But, so, the cool part of this, too, and somewhat interesting, though, is that uh, Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby, they make a great team on mm-hmm. um, doing this. What sucks is that, you know, Kirby starts to kind of feel like... Uh, I should get some credit. Yeah. It wasn't even necessarily the money. And and Stanley also, they, they kind of have interviews that go back and forth because... Kirby eventually leaves, and he actually goes to D.C. Oh. Yeah. But, you know, he said he wasn't bitter about it. He just said that he felt like no, he's bitter. there were different ideas that were going on, and he helped create a lot of the comic characters, the comic book characters, um, which he did, and he just wanted it to be known. He wasn't even necessarily always looking for more money out of it. Now, Stanley got paid more, <laughs> but Stanley also comes out and says, look, before Kirby left, I didn't know he felt this way so i don't know how i'm supposed to fix a problem that i didn't know exists i didn't know yeah he says that (laughs) yeah because and the other thing was he said he told kirby that he should be the head um artist guy where he was he was going to do the art but not as much he was going to more oversee the other artists Mm -hmm. and he'd be getting paid the same amount but but kirby was more interested in being on the creative side he didn't want to manage other people he was like, no, I'm, I'm making a lot of cool characters. I love drawing. I don't want to be stuck behind a desk just, just telling other people what to do. Yeah.
0: I mean, this really is more complicated than just
1: yeah. anything with artists comes down to that. Yeah. There's some mixed thing. But it's worth noting that Kirby probably, if he might have created some of the characters that Stanley has gotten full credit for. Um, or he at least helped create them, not just their image, but maybe even like backstory or what kind of powers they might have had well we i mean for sure we know that he created um the dc character
0: kirby man no, who no. the only thing he does is beats up several characters that look like stan Lee. <laughs> no
1: no they were actually and he gets
0: credit for everything everywhere he walks everyone's like kirby
1: man did it and then he's just beating the face of an old guy I with mean, glasses even kirby said that like he got along really well with stan and he didn't have any hard feelings about it he just wanted to go do here's the thing is at the time uh, from my understanding, DC was having a hard time keeping up with Marvel. Um, yeah. Because of the certain methods they were using. and Well, DC, I think, uh, uh, generally had like a cleaner
0: approach to things. It was more like classical Superman and yeah. classical Batman, and Marvel was a little bit more nuanced. So I think people were more attracted to it. Yeah. And then
1: DC jumped into noir, and it got so fucking edgy. Yeah. Well, and I think really what kind of the difference was DC kind of already had some of their main characters at this point that were like their big top sellers going, whereas Marvel was pumping out brand new stuff that mm. was doing well. Mm-hmm. A matter of fact, so it's in the in the seventies. Well, I guess it was actually in the sixties. Sorry, in the sixties, Stan Lee creates what he will later claim to be his favorite superhero, yep. uh, Marvel superhero, and it's Spider-Man. Who and um, he's just so say
0: Spider-Man.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Man, man is, yeah. He so was he's Spider. like a
0: guy with eight legs. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds really lame.
1: <laughs> now, the reason why this was such a big deal in the comic book world was because um, Spider-Man, up until this point, before Spider-Man, everybody that was a superhero was an adult. The only teenage superheroes were always sidekicks. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So there, you know, there wasn't a really cool teenager who was on his own superhero. Yeah. And Stanley purposely created this way because he's like, you know, I I don't understand why we're creating like thirties, forties year old men to give to teenagers to be like, yeah, relate to this guy who his parents died and now he's a millionaire. And (laughs) what is there to relate to? Yeah. So he decided he wanted to create a character that was more relatable. So not only did he create a teenager, but he actually gives Spider-Man a lot of the same problems that teenagers find themselves going through. Obviously not the parts of fighting bad guys, but you know uh, spider-man's struggling with money most of the time he's trying you know he's got a job that he has to try to keep up with his boss is always mad at him yeah he's going through school he's struggling through school it's hard to keep up because he has to balance doing the right thing of you know fighting mm-hmm. and crime and all that stuff and this
0: weird white stuff keeps coming out of his wrists
1: yeah and that's normal right you have that oh wrists you said I'm sorry yeah
0: it com- i when I was hit Peter Parker's age yeah white stuff came out of me and i didn't know why yeah it's so same. you can relate yeah i can relate to that so peter, peter parker man he struggles real he's on the bus and just <laughs> <"Whoosh."> ah fuck <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry he got on some old lady's shoe he's like no, oh, no it's a it's a spider web it's, web. it's a it's webbing Ooh! <laughs> he just look out jumps off the bus and, and he runs away jumps away and <laughs> jizzes all over a building and flies around it that's what he does and then stanley would. Like this is fucking brilliant.
1: <laughs> this is gold. This is gold. <laughs> I'm gonna make so much money. <laughs> <And he> was,
0: <laughs> the very first issue of Spider-Man is actually called jizz Man. and, and then, then later, the censorship schemers were like,
1: "You gotta, you, you can't, ha- you have to stop." <laughs> and
0: he's like, "This is this is good, I think, guys." Guys, come on! You're telling me you can't relate to this? This is fantastic. Look at Mary Jane. You wouldn't. You That's wouldn't, why he's constantly. He wouldn't jizz man all over. Mary Jane? And they're like, yes, we would. One guy grabs Stan. like just a copy, then just leaves the room. Uh thanks for listening to this meeting. I have to go <laughs> And you chairman the bathroom, Jism. That's right, this is good. I think that's how Stanley
1: always ejaculated the rest of his life. Jismane <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, so he creates Spider Man with again with Kirby. This is before Kirby leaves. Oh. And uh no, it's um uh, it's a huge hit. It's one of the biggest ones. As a matter of fact, it's that and X-Men are are the biggest ones. And one of the reasons why uh, X-Men was so uh, fun for me to read at least um, is because Stanley was trying to be progressive. And I think it was obvious, at least from from my standpoint, mm-hmm. that X-Men was about discrimination. I mean, the, oh, 100%. The whole entire thing is about basically yeah. mutants are the worst and we've got to get rid of them and we're unsafe around them because they don't know what they, you know, they're afraid of what they don't know. Yeah. And that was the whole entire plot. And it's what? So did X-Men happen in the 60s or start in the 60s? Uh, Let's see here. I think it was in the 70s. Well, either way, I mean, because that's still
0: uh, the civil rights movement is is still fresh. Um, Gay rights is becoming a thing or at least acknowledgement that gay people aren't weirdos. It might have been in the late 60s, it looks like. I mean, still, because that's around... uh, what is that called Stonewall and Harvey Milk and all that shit like yeah oh yeah it's a great it's a great metaphor.
1: Well, and me and you've had this discussion before, and this is one of my favorite things to think about was that that I'm a gay person. Have we had that I don't remember that conversation. Do you want to have that conversation?
0: <sighs> when I read X-Men, mm, yeah, and I'm jerking off. <laughs> I jerk off to Wolverine, Wolverine more than I jerk off to uh, to storm. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not extrapolating on what that means. I'm just saying it out loud. I think that's fine. Privately between us. <laughs> I won't tell a soul. Sweet. Nice. Well, the storm is hot.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, what I think one of my favorite parts too was that you had two aspects of people that were on the same side when it came when it came to the mutants, yeah. right? So you had Charles Xavier. If you haven't read it, I'll try not to bore you with nerdiness. Yeah. But it's you the had, movies. Yeah, you had Professor X, and you had. Um, Magneto. And the reason why this was interesting is because they were both on the same side. However, they had very different viewpoints of how to handle the scenario where they're basically being attacked by everybody else. Like, everybody else wants them to die or go away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Professor X was all about the peaceful way of going about it, and Magneto was like, look, there are people that are going to come hurt you and kill you if they can get their hands on you, so we need to fight back. And he wasn't necessarily... Magneto is seen as a bad guy and there's many instances where he's acting villainous, but however... When it comes to the main plot line, he was really more just trying to be defensive. He wasn't like, let's kill everybody just because they're not mutants. It was always kind of a reactionary of like, there's people that are going to come hurt you. Like you gotta hurt them before they hurt you, kind of a thing. He's not totally wrong, and I—that's the thing—is I don't disagree it's with him. So uh, Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X, exactly, and that's what I think is kind of whether Stanley was purposely trying to go that route or something similar. I don't know. Got to at least be inspired, yeah. But that's what I got. Martin Luther King was the peaceful. We should, you know, mm-hmm. march and do, you know. And yeah, I mean Martin Luther King, as we all know, uh, had
0: telekinetic powers, and, <laughs> and Malcolm X could control. Metal, metal,
1: yeah, yeah. But anyway,s I always thought it was an interesting concept, and that's you know, uh, Stanley made the very first um, black superhero with Kirby again. Hmm. Um, Kirby might have been also kind of more on the uh, the heavier hand on the creation side of it, but he Stanley was definitely involved in Who's some way. was the first
0: black superhero?
1: Black Panther. Oh, it is. He was the first mainstream. Black superhero. I don't know if there was anyone else before. If there was, it wasn't anything in Black like major man comic books. Yeah, he's the first like let's, African superhero. Well, let's jump. So what? So what I like about that is
0: because um, comic book readers, even now and then, especially you know social pariahs a little bit. Yeah. Um, just sort of outsiders. I agree. I agree yeah. Yeah, and the X Men metaphor being. You know, if you just talk, think about it generally, it's we're different, and because we're different, we're treated ill. Dude, totally. And so, yeah, these kids are going to re- respond to that, whether or not they see it as a racial metaphor or not. They're going to go, yeah, dude, that's like me. Yeah. That's like me. My mom always tells me I'm a special boy, but you know, at, <laughs> at school, they don't treat me like that. So. I don't get it. I don't know if she just didn't tell them or what. But. And then he has to choose Should I be Magneto and kill my classmates, or should I be <laughs> Xavier? <laughs> And go join a group of uh, of, of nerds, and... and we all hang out together, and yeah, because that's what uh, the
1: nerds did, and now we have fucking Microsoft and stuff. <laughs> well, that's cool because that's I think what Stanley's genius was about his writing was that he not only wrote interesting characters and plot lines, but he was very good at being able to make them relatable with with most of what his readers were were young yeah the youth so mm-hmm. uh I think you're dead on uh, x-Men was one of my favorite ones when I was ten years old and I That's, only read some I still remember the show great but Fun yeah times oh man That mm-hmm. intro <laughs> 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 down-ow. Down-ow. I remember
0: at that down it's this big screen of uh Wolverine's claws coming out Sheep! <laughs> yeah the whole uh uh I don't know how many episodes it is but the series where gene gray becomes phoenix yes that's like a whole season's worth of that show yeah it's good it's pretty great it's good if you yeah if you have the time and the ability go hulu that shit or whatever you got to do yeah
1: it's good stuff i we're not nerds we're cool people well that's the cool thing is it's also changed a lot nerds you know no i know you say that a lot but back in the 70s i know we can keep saying it (laughs) back in the 70s I don't think you know there was definitely 30 year old men who were into comic books but it's I would say more widely accepted now than it was back then oh definitely now you go to Comic Con and you can dress up and nobody bats an eye and that's totally fine yeah someone like me
0: who's Aggressive to nerds overtly. Which is funny. Goes to Comic Con and enjoys it. That's yeah. the that's the culture we live in now.
1: Yeah. no I mean the first time I went to Comic Con I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. I wouldn't have considered myself to be a very nerdy person. Uh I went there, had a blast, I told myself, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I probably would never dress up. By year two I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna dress up. This looks fucking awesome. I just gotta get a cooler costume than all these idiots. I'm gonna be the best Princess Leia here. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, man, it gets fun. Comic-Con is a lot of fun. It's a blast.
0: This episode has been brought to you by Go to Your Local Comic-Con, <laughs> just because it's, it's fun. Actually, around here, uh, it's not called Comic-Con now, because they got not sued. Not anymore, yeah. It's um something else. It's called Fan-X.
1: Fan-X, that's right. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely... And we um go to your comic s- conventions. Yeah. um, There's tons of them all over. It is super fun. They serve
0: beer, so if you're like me, straight to the beer line, have two or three... Yeah. Go yell at
1: a nerd. Look at some of the the stuff. End up buying some stuff, crying in a corner because you now feel bad that you yelled at a nerd. I never feel bad, except for now you're you're buying the thing that you were yelling at him for. I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm him. I'm basically the same guy. Oh, oh. God. I
0: actually did buy a pretty fly ass Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hat there. That was awesome. I love that hat. Good fucking hat. Good so, hat. uh, when we went, I don't know if last year or two years ago, I saw Elijah Wood from about six or seven feet away yeah and um he's a cool dude i like that guy a lot look i'm just saying you know some people give off an energy that 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 is a very very fucking handsome dude
1: i you know it's his funny, eyes he's... are like crystals God, dude i don't know I, well and his the meter his how he holds himself everything oh. he's just like the nicest Chill. most polite cool like guy. he swore for the first time i think i've ever really heard him swear like not obviously Like, he doesn't swear very much in his movies. No, I don't think so. Maybe a little bit. but Frodo doesn't swear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, in this one, he's talking about Lord of the Rings, and he was awesome with his fans. Way cool person. Mm -hmm. But he ended up dropping the F-bomb, and... I don't know why I said that. We can say fuck on here. (laughs) He said the F-U-C-K word. So he says fuck, but it's so, the way he talks, it didn't change how, he you know, he was just telling a story like in his normal voice, said fuck in his normal voice, and it was just so funny because it's like, you're so polite. Even when he says fuck, it sounds just so. I still just want to cuddle him. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) this is about Stanley. We've had Stanley come to uh, FanX. I've not seen him. Um, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't able, wasn't able to see him either. He came in earlier. And, you know, I imagine he says this to all the conventions he goes to. It's, mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that's huge here in Utah is that when he came here, he said that this was the best comic convention that he'd ever been to. He says that at every one. <laughs> now, not only do I believe he, he says that at every one, really. but I also believe that this is not the best. <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. I love well, Fanex. There's a lot of news that indicates but that. But it is a smaller... Uh, convention than some know. others in the country what's
0: the big one san diego or san francisco san diego. San diego. which is
1: what who's the ones who started it and well they're the ones who claim that they're the owners of the words comic con which is funny because and they it, sued utah yeah comic convention is just a, a term well this
0: is what salt lake was Assholes. fighting back well on. yeah i don't know if, if the salt lake comic con is, is is uh better
1: I haven't been to any you, other ones, but I've heard that, you know... No, I don't really care. I it's mean, fun. I like it nonetheless. Yeah. It's a good time. It
0: is definitely... Stan Lee gets out on a stage with the exact same energy and motivation as Ted Nugent. <laughs> Thank you, Milwaukee! Greatest town. Greatest town. He's supposed to be super nice. Yeah. And that's what Stan Lee's doing up there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, he broke. You know what I like about Stan Lee, though, too, is besides his... So he's been in movies that are Marvel movies, but he's Isn't also been in other movies as well. Um, like, oh, Sleepless in Seattle? No. <laughs> Where he fucks Meg Ryan? He was in Mallrats. Oh
0: my god, he, he was. That's right, yeah. yeah. he gives uh, Jason Lee, Jason Lee. Yeah. That, that's funny. He gives him advice. That's funny. Well, he gets is asked, it Jason Lee? No, it's the other guy. Jason. I don't remember which guy it is. Anyways. The only thing I remember from that movie, well, I've seen all of it a lot because I love it's yeah, yeah. I love those movies, but uh, when when they make the guy eat the chocolate pretzels and they have that guy's asshole. It, <laughs> oh my god! I always yeah. think about that. Yeah, you always think. of. I'm just always same Just mind. randomly in my head, like, I remember when that guy ate
1: those asshole pretzels and licked his fingers? <laughs> yeah. yeah, So uh, to go back real quick with Stanley, <laughs> no, no, you are good. We've we've got up to trouble a bunch. That's alright. It's yeah. fun. Stanley, uh so Kirby leaves eventually because of what we were talking about before. He goes yep. to DC. DC promises him basically everything that he would that an artist would want. Unfortunately mm-hmm. I don't think he gets most of it. They tell him like we'll leave you alone. You can create your own characters in your own time. No one's gonna change anything. And I think that lasted for like a little bit, but eventually changed and he got he kinda was in the same setup as Marvel had him basically. So um, continued to not get the credit that he Sought. Probably, yeah. Wow, um, and this is a bummer part of this because of all these interactings um, between Stan and Kirby leaving. And Stan wasn't bitter about Kirby leaving; he felt bad, I think, because um, he said that he really liked working with Kirby. However, uh, I do know that later on, I guess Stan Lee, so so Kirby's passed, oh. and Stanley went to go to his funeral mm-hmm. and was not welcomed by whom. <laughs> <laughs> by whom yeah so uh by his kirby's family so the idea being that because kirby helped create a lot of the characters that are right big and now making tons of money with movies and stuff i mean they were making a bunch of money even before that of course but they were pretty upset at least some of them were pretty upset that stan would would Come to pay respects when they felt like he kind of took credit for some of Kirby's work.
0: <laughs> I don't think I blame him for that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like,
0: you know, publicly they're nice about it. Like, oh no, I'm not mad at him to keep professional face, but I bet. Yeah, you know, he goes home. He's like, fuck that guy. Well, I'm... I made the human flame. It's about me. I'm the flamer. <laughs> I'm the flamer. I'm I'm the stretchy guy as well. I'm, I'm both the stretchy flamer guy. Yeah. I'm also the invisible one.
1: And Stan <laughs> refuses to acknowledge that. Well, and, and so, I mean, there's tons of interviews, and Stan says stuff about it, and he says stuff about it, and they're pretty cordial about it, but when Stan showed up, some of the family members told me he wasn't welcome. He, he, Stan decided to leave, obviously. He didn't want to bother anybody. He was coming to pay respects. He was upset about it because these guys worked together for 30 years, yeah. but um, there was somebody, and I, you have to forgive me who it was, but one of the people uh, at the funeral already ran out to Stan and be like, no, I, know, I knew Kirby well, and I knew you well. And Kirby would have wanted you to be here, kind of a thing. Like, you can come back. But Stan was, one, was already upset. Two, probably didn't want to make anybody else upset, you know, by returning back. So he just left. He didn't end up being able to be there at the funeral. This is an odd response. That feels like a bunch of
0: non-adults. Yeah, kind of. a of mature way to handle it. The mature thing he should have done is pulled out his
1: toy um, Wolverine claws and just cut them all down. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's got enough money, they just shoot out of him for real. real <laughs> he just goes and gets surgery and, like, I need to have antimanium. Uh, Sir, that does not exist. But- I am Stan Lee.
0: <laughs> I wrote it down. I know what exists. Put him in me. Yeah. And then he just mows him down.
1: Take this, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, Kirby passed away and Stan. Um, continued on. Now, at this point, really, Stan is kind of more of the face of Marvel than he is of the creativity of Marvel, I think. I think he kind of now has stepped back out of making new characters or writing stuff mm-hmm. and is more just kind of heading stuff. Like just CEO shit? Yeah, I think kind of on some level. He uh, obviously does cameos of the movies as they come out. Mm -hmm. um one of the things that stan really did get involved in i guess before he kind of stepped aside at least outside of comic books he did really want to make the 90s animated spider-man like he wanted to be someone part of that because they they had other Mm spider-mans cartoons before that fucking many and yeah and he wasn't super impressed with those ones i guess or or he at least thought that they could have been better and so he really wanted to make sure that the 90s when it you know when it was the 90s when that came out he wanted to make sure it was good and i still watch that the, show the cartoon one oh yeah the 90s animated
0: spot. i think i saw it a few times it's i was more of a batman guy an X. Men oh my god i know you okay he doesn't have superpowers i'm rich mm. <laughs> yeah he's awesome Ugh. his superpower is just being kick-ass God's <laughs> god so bad I mean, I can't not love something that has the adam West franchise <laughs> that's the best
1: yeah it yeah. was the best thing ever but uh so I mean that's basically Stanley. we do know that he uh has recently he's passed away unfortunately mm-hmm. um he there's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of go into that I don't really yeah, but he passed away um November twelfth of two thousand eighteen Alrighty. and uh He's kind of considered to be the the god of comic, comic books. Comic you know? book guy. Yeah.
0: I heard towards the end of his life, and I don't know if this was when he was still alive or not, I don't recall, but that he, his family members were kind of taking advantage of him. Yeah, there's... Like writing checks to his... Cousins and shit, or nieces, or who somebody.
1: Yeah, so there was a whole bunch of stuff that went on with it. There was two things, and I actually don't know what the end conclusion was because they were trying to actually keep it out of the media for the most part. Because oh. some of there was like, you know, Stan was trying to save some people, some family members from slander. One of which I think was his own daughter. But bitch, <clears throat> no, I think she was. Still running No, he, she was trying to take care of him, and and people were trying to make it seem like it was oh so I retract that (laughs) Yeah, at least from my understanding of what I've read some people were saying that he that she was abusive to him and I think what they were trying to do was he was old enough unfortunately and kind of gets that age where they might be able to get him away from people that he's comfortable with and then start writing checks themselves by saying and then if anyone came up and said you know did you do this stand and he said no they could be like oh he's delusional he's old or whatever Mm -hmm. because he didn't have a family member or somebody else there to be able to be like elder abuse it's real shit yeah, unfortunately, it's sad, but I, from my understanding, he was not being abused. He, Stan Lee, came out and said, "Look, I know there's a lot of stuff out in the media, um, a lot of things flying around. I can tell you right now, as Stan Lee, like I, I'm not getting abused by my yeah, daughter. But, you know, you're old. Yeah, your mind starts to get weird.
0: I mean, if he gives a press conference and he's like, you know, the old timey music that radio station that plays in my head." The the DJ is telling me that my daughter's not stealing from me. But I do think the Yankees got a good shot. Happy New Year <laughs> That's just my Maybe self.
1: so. I you don't know. know.
0: You're a creative mind. The mind gets tired. Yeah. You turn
1: ninety and it's just slosh. Maybe. I don't know how, how coherent he was. Um but he seemed to be okay. Seemed like you a sharp seemed can. like he was old. Yeah, He'd probably, you know, low energy, couldn't really... He was super nice with his fans. I know that like, a lot of times people would, um, you know, if they saw him, he was pretty interactive with them, would happily answer hmm. questions or take pictures. So much so that I read on a, recently, people were talking about like, what, what famous celebrity did you meet or whatever? And someone wrote one, so this is officer someone, I don't know if it's true or not, but they saw Stan Lee and he had a bodyguard and they didn't want to make a huge scene to draw people towards Stan Lee. So yeah. they... they Spoke to the bodyguard and just said, hey, I don't want to be a bother. I just want to, like, you know, if you could at some point tell Stanley, like, I'm a huge fan. Like, just let him know, like, yeah. thank you kind of Shake a thing. Shake the man's hand. And uh, the bodyguard, I guess, kind of leaned over to Stanley and, and told him. And Stanley just kind of, like, looked over, smiled, and, like, winked at him. Kind of like, yeah, good job. Yeah. So he was a good guy, Sound like, when it came to his fans. I'm um, a comics pal. Yeah. That's how he talked. And now we have comic conventions. I mean, that, that goes fun. to more to than just stan lee but he was definitely a huge part of all that mm-hmm. part of the industry and and i think now that he has passed people should dress up as
0: him at comic-con
1: there's there was a guy that That's a thing one guy fuck i thought i innovated well one one guy who was an older gentleman dressed up and he kind of wears the same jacket he kind of wears this like almost like mm-hmm. windbreaker jacket and the pants the slacks that he wears and there's a picture of them both looking at each other and it's it's hard to tell like <laughs> at first glance you're like Wait, which one's this and he's like one of those professional uh what are they called imitators maybe i don't know yeah. i think it was probably just some old guy I was like i kind of look like him and if yeah. i dress like him it's yeah, yeah. it's kind of fun well for my uh
0: takeaway from stan lee yeah and i and as you alluded i don't know how much uh he's responsible for this but the whole um you know good versus evil the metaphorical uh representations of the different heroes you know yeah um I think that's impactful. You know, comic books are like an actual type of
1: literature now. Well, I think it's it's funny because I only got into comic books. Like, you know, I read it, like I said, when I was younger, like when I was 10 or whatever. Didn't read it after that too much at all. Yeah. And then it was only a couple of years ago in my late 20s, mid 20s, where all of a sudden I was like, Eh, this seems to be a pretty big deal. Let's let's see what's going on. And I went and... It's
0: right after you hit puberty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My voice dropped. I was like, "Something weird. I don't like this." I Had to go back to how it used to be somehow. I Had to find a way to my balls are dropping. Reconnect, and my... I had to look up X Men. But it was, uh, I was, I was surprised and impressed that you know well, how much storyline and stuff goes through exactly. This. There's a lot more to it than people
0: think. I think, yeah. And, and the whole like, you know, God and anti God thing, like good but good guy, bad guy. That that's that's burned inside of us. Yeah, well, it's like Carl jung style. Uh, psychology that's some real shit yeah that's just playing out in cartoon form
1: well my favorite thing too is that it, just like any other medium it's just a way of telling storytelling and yeah. with this one i mean there's so many good ones out there like you know the one that i've been telling you about mouse which is right. a two-part comic book which is a, a really unique way of going about writing a comic book but even the storyline itself is just talking about a, you know the jews in in nazi germany and right. it's based off of a true story and the guy made a comic book and he uses kind of like uses animals to kind of they
0: mice and the, uh, the nazis are cats yeah that, yeah
1: and so he kind of like how um you know in um animal farm mm. you take a, a really serious topic like that but you kind of dumb it down with animals to make it maybe a little bit easier to it's cute get through yeah you know, you're able to disconnect a little bit but still see the seriousness at the same time. I don't know, it's really... So there's tons of comic books that have, that have told amazing stories. Yeah. One of my favorite ones is called God's Country and it's about a guy who has... Um, oh, what's it called? Alzheimer's. Mm. And...
0: That's not fun.
1: Yeah, and but it's really well done and interesting and it's kind of a superhero comic book like style. Like, there's there's powers and stuff involved and it's adorable but anyways it's it's adorable yeah and even if you're not into the whole superhero stuff like what stanley did which has tons of great stuff there anyways but some of my favorite comics are there's no superheroes involved it's it's not superhero based oh archie no archie comics i never watched i never um read archie but what do you mean archie comics yeah um so go on
0: sorry Oh, you're fine. I was just trying to look up, because I remember when I was a youth,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: don't remember a lot about this, because it's, it's foggy from the alcohol, but <laughs> in the Spider-Man... When you were a kid or right now? Both. <laughs> uh, but when I was younger, like 11 or 12, I read Spider-Man, and there was a villain in there who... Uh, well, I remember Carnage.
1: Was oh right. Spider-Man?
0: Yeah. One? So I remember being really impressed with Carnage, but then there was another one who was like a hawk or something, but he was an old guy with cancer. Yeah. And I remember even at the time being like th- this is more than you would expect to be in a comic book. Like these are these are complex characters cuz yeah. Carnage is
1: like he's crazy. A paranoid, schizophrenic. And a symbiote suit hits him, yeah. Yeah,
0: so he's got all this weird background and all these problems and this other guy has cancer and he blames the world for it
1: and yeah. so it I it's, don't know. It's it's a lot more than just uh it's not usually silliness. black and white good guy always dominates yeah. bad guy. Sometimes the bad guy you kind of see another side that you're like, oh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's as rich as
0: WWE. <laughs> oh, God. That's how yeah, rich the character who, development it's is. By
1: far richer than WWE. <laughs> well, I don't know. You ever see Hulk get
0: go crazy when he gets Hulk Mania? He starts shaking. He's like, "You better not, buddy." And is that what his line was, buddy? I don't remember. Uh, what does
1: he always call everyone, brother? <laughs> <laughs> hey there brother. Yeah. Yeah. I will actually uh I now one of my favorite things you've ever said in any of our podcasts, which is mm-hmm. in our Bruce Lee one. Mm-hmm. And we were talking quickly, or, you know, briefly about mm-hmm. carrot top and you call him a simpleton, and I lose my shit because it's how funny it is. I remember that, yeah. But just for whatever reason, <laughs> when you when you just brought up the Hulk, and we just talk about that, that's the only thing that's ringing through my head. Like, there's another one, another <laughs> fucking simpleton. Oh he seems just like an idiot. <laughs> he seems, yeah. Same so was, was up. You seem
0: like a nice guy, but probably fine uh, to be around. It's probably good someone else does your finances. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: all it is. Um. But anyways, uh, so, he did do Stripperella, which was um, an uh, animated series that only lasted very shortly. About, the apex of his career. Yeah. The <laughs> apex of his creativity. So it was a TV show on Spike that he created this character that was a stripper by day, superhero by night. Along with uh, Pamela Anderson. And yes, Pamela Anderson. So I figure this might be a good segue to your story. Tila Tequila. So Tila
0: Tequila was born in... Um, well, it was actually just the side of the road in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. No one knows who her parents are because nobody gave shit. Right. Um, she immediately went to a strip club and got an Instagram account. And um, I mean, I don't think much else happened other than that. She just kept doing that over and over again. And a bunch of a bunch of douchebags followed her. Mm-hmm. There was quite a situation going on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, MTV started giving her checks. She got three different kinds of syphilises. Oh. And now... you didn't know there were three different kinds. Well, she invented the other two. Her body did. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know, la- yeah, last I knew, she went right back to the gutter where she was born, and... <laughs> and that's where we last know. <laughs> yeah, she tweeted out that that's where she was, and nobody came to her aid.
1: All right.
0: Hey, this uh, people Time has been brought to you by... Uh, Ten... Town and Country magazine. <laughs> it's a good publication. Yeah. We're not getting paid for that. I just think it's I just think it's good.
1: Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe. Bitch.